If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Happy Balls McWednesday, everybody. Almost made it through the draft, but we've had a lot of good stuff this week. Some... It leads to much consternation. Others just the joy of the seasons, right? Where we're at. A lot of uh, portal chatter for the next few days, of course. But NFL draft tomorrow. No, we're not doing a draft party this year. First time in a long time. We will resume the draft party next year. A couple reasons for that. Don't, don't need to bore you with everything. Everything's fine, but we're just not doing one this year. Um, I want to watch the draft while I watch the lightning get taken out. Of the playoffs, and so there we go. That's how that's going. There you go. Speak it into being, buddy. <laughs> Reverse that psychology. There you go. There you go. Uh, no, I, 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 we didn't. We had a lot of stuff going on, and you know, one thing that has changed. The NFL draft was almost singular. It seemed like for a long time, like hyper focused thing for us, but because because the portal didn't exist, like we never had these things in in yesteryear where you had to worry about. You know, this window at the exact same time where serious things could be happening within your program. And we have to be certainly ready to go with videos and writing and content um, anytime something breaks. And you just don't know when that's going to be. Admittedly, I hate it. Uh, I hate that aspect of it, but it's the reality for all college football fans. And we work in college football, we work in, a, uh, in, in sports media. So you just got to be ready for it. And that's fine. Uh, I don't know what's coming down the pike. I said yesterday, though, and I'll say it again here as we addressed uh, earlier in the show, that uh, you know I'm, I'm still waiting. Josh Farmer has not put his name in the, por- uh, in the portal, and let's hope he doesn't. Uh, had announced yesterday via Twitter that he intended to, but he did not. So let's just wait and see what happens from here. Now, that isn't to say, Tom, that there won't be others. May or may not be, and that kind of limbo is no fun. Oh, God. Others? No. <laughs> it's always going to be the potential for others. And I don't even know who to predict. I said that if I had to guess when we started spring football, and I called it the spring of hurt feelings, that there was uh, considerable depth depth. Excuse me, in a lot of places and that that might lead some folks in those areas where the depth is um, – Something we're happy about and excited for, you might lose a guy there. Uh, I thought receiver would be one, maybe. Running back certainly could be one. We talked about that a lot. Offensive line we thought would definitely be one. We've already seen that. And I didn't mean people of significance, just somebody on the depth chart that's way down the list and doesn't have really a path to playing anytime soon. You know, they may be encouraged even to, to 
take it to Tulsa or wherever they were going to go. Um, so that that could happen. And then I thought, you know, I don't I don't know about the other positions, but we could rank them in the in the order with which he thought they would be most affected by people putting their name in the portal. And most of it would start with, well, how many viable candidates do you have to play there and play well? Well, here we got five. You need three. <laughs> That's how that ends up working got out. Three more on the way from high school. <laughs> yeah. So um I think at the end of this upcoming season, you know, one of the quarterbacks certainly would be gone. And we've talked about that before too. Yeah, I think by springs and next year. It could go all the way to spring for a battle. I mean, it did with Clint Trickett ten years ago. In the NFL draft tomorrow, so there's a lot of bets. You can do prop bets, all these different bets about when people go, right? But I was sitting there looking at the different books and deciding, you know, what I thought was a safe bet and what wasn't. And Jalen Carter seems to be the one that you can have the most fun with because of the controversy off the field with Jalen Carter, but the freak that he is on the field. And if you think that he's going to fall outside the top five, it's because you believe that Seattle will not take him at five. Instead, they go a different route. They could go Anthony Richardson. People have talked about that as well. But when you read the articles and you read why the books have the odds where they are, man, you know, and, and again, you, you never really know. It just takes one team. But, man, between seeing his name alongside these descriptors to go along with the other problems, quote, horrible practice habits, wasn't liked by teammates, legal issues, character <laughs> questions. I'm like, all right. That's a lot because you, if you draft him in the top five, you got to pay him $30 million. Quote, Kirby Smart. <laughs> I want, so that's uh, an unnamed. Well, it, this is, if you, I, I took the time to go through because I wanted to educate myself mm-hmm. before I placed the bet. <laughs> this is good. I, I appreciate your sharing all of this intel. So when you go and you do that, you're going to, Basically, you'll accrue several articles from several different sites written by several different people, some who are not connected to the other, right? And there's not another guy in the draft who's of this kind of talent. There's guys that have fallen out or whatever, maybe left a school early and never went to another school and now training and they had character issues, guys that have been accused. But nobody of this high profile who's described as consistently awful as Jalen Carter I mean, he is described so, as a. I mean, it, it suffice to say, it seems like a, a lot of people recognize that Jalen Carter is an absolute freak of nature, a can't miss guy in terms of his physical tools. Everybody will tell you that that is accurate. That when he's playing hard, there's not a lot you can do with him. We saw it. We saw it. Right? He's a freak. They would also tell you that they weren't sad to see him leave Georgia. That his practice habits were awful. And then we already know about the legal stuff. So here's the most important question. The prop is simply picks one through five and five or later? Yeah. And what's the number on five or later? Plus what? I got to pull it back up tomorrow on the show. We'll do it. for the. I'm going to have that ready. You want to get the wager in before the numbers are moved? I Mm -hmm. see. Okay. Got to respect that. We'll do it. But there is, uh, there's more. I guess my point is, I thought he would, listen, for a long, long time, I described the NFL, rightfully so, 
as a league of mercenaries. It really didn't matter what you did in college in terms of breaking the law. The question was, are you going to prison? No. Do you run a 4-2? Yes. Got it. Tyreek Hill, come on down, baby. And that's how it played out for a lot of guys. We knew that. We knew that. Did you punch your pregnant girlfriend in the face? Yes. Are you fast? Very. Okay. Tyreek Hill, come, come on, on down. down. So you could do, did you break your son's arm? You did? Did you threaten to kill her? You did? Are you fast? I am. Come on down, Tyreek Tyree Hill. Hill. Yeah. But a lot of guys under that moniker, and you're like, well, okay, it's not going to matter. But I don't know, man. It seems it, 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 it's not the same with all teams, and every GM will be different. Every coach, there's a power struggle that happens. I do know in a draft where supposedly the people who do this for a living, the, the, the ones tasked with the responsibility of putting together 47 mock drafts with trades, you know, all your outlets, whether it be CBS, ESPN, Fox, whatever it is, right? All these different guys, NFL.com. They've got a lot of guys who I respect quite a bit, right? Guys who, former players, GMs, people who have covered teams in particular uh, for 20, 25 years, developed good relationships. They do have a lot of guys on the NFL Network, NFL.com, and others. Podcasts galore that we know about. Where the intel you trust. You know that they they're speaking directly to a GM, but they're also all they also all guard against getting played. So they all get played on the regular around this time of year, big time. Which is also a bookmark for later, part of the NIL discussion and why would you report on stuff? But yes, so they are saying what about this draft? It's uh, remarkably thin. It's not so. All teams do NFL draft grades for players. Those grades, depending on where where you rank under that umbrella, are applicable to first round, second round, third round. That doesn't mean that's where you're going to go. You know this. But for people who don't know, you might have a second round grade, meaning you're a 87 out of 100. You're not a first round guy according to the Denver Broncos or an 84 out of 100, you're a se- that's a second, mid-second round, early third kind of grade for this player at this position. But there's a dearth of that position of available talent guys, and we really need a guy at this position. We're going to grab the best one here, even though his grade suggests he's second round. We're going to take him with the 25th pick in the first round. That happens all the time. And there are drafts where there's an abundance of talent at one particular position, just the way the cookie crumbles. Sometimes there's nine offensive tackles that could go in the first round. There's 12 defensive ends that people have a first-round grade for. Well, they're not all going to go in the first round. Somebody's going to fall to the second. Other times, guys, you know, we see get picked earlier than they ever would if there was just a, a, a normal amount, an average amount of talent at that particular position, right? So I saw something where... On NFL.com, in fact, they noted that there were only 15 first-round grades for players in this draft. Across all positions? 15. Oh, my. Think about that. That would be why they describe this draft as thin. 
Now, that doesn't mean, hey, listen, they get it wrong all the time. We know that, sure. too. They do, we know that, too. But it would suggest if there's consensus among GMs, it's going to be very tough to trade back down because who wants to trade up? Usually you need a partner, you need a dance partner who has to have a certain player. But it sounds like if there's only, call it 20. Let's say there's, there's 20. Yeah. There's not going to be a ton of trade backs in this draft, especially as you get to the latter half of the night on Thursday. Well, night. and think about this, too. It's kind of fun. I, I do think that you can see a lot of action within that top 10 because whatever you think about the quarterbacks is going to affect the decisions you make about picking up that phone. And, and to the point about quarterback, how we've now gotten to a place where even those of us who are most certain of our ability to assess a player in college at that position, the most high-profile position in the sport, well, we now know because we've all, if you've done it long enough, you've been wrong enough times to know, boy, I whiffed on this badly. I also got this really right. But it feels like about the NFL's average, which is, you know, between 46 and 52%, which is not a very good percentage when you're taking a quarterback. You would love a higher percentage of bang for your buck on that pick. And they get it wrong all the time. 28 quarterbacks have been graded higher pre-draft grades. 28 quarterbacks have been graded higher than Patrick Mahomes over the last 10 years. Mm. 28. 22 quarterbacks have been graded higher than Josh Allen was. I believe that. But that means that Josh Allen was graded higher than Mahomes? Maybe. 22? Yeah. 22. Folks. Folks, what are we doing here? 20 were graded higher than Justin Herbert. You and I had doubts about Justin. We turned Justin out to be wrong about, about that. Justin had doubts about Justin. Yeah. That was because Justin said, I don't know if I can do this, man. I mean, basically, is what quote-unquote. Well, I go back to this, though, Tom. I go, here's the thing about it. We missed that, right? As soon as Justin Herbert uttered the words he wasn't sure he could do it, I went, well, I'm done with you. Uh, I'm, a, this, Sorry. I'm a, little, a little nervous about the guy who isn't sure he can play. These top ten picks need to be spent on people who believe that they can be stars. Until you, Justin you, Herbert. You'd least like to see that a guy has immense amounts of confidence, almost to the point where it's obnoxious. <laughs> Like right. He's almost, subdued. He doesn't like to lead by by being the loudest voice in the room. He doesn't believe in his abilities as much as some of these other guys. Yeah. Ouch. I mean, it's really pretty crazy I, to ever have a guy say, I'm not sure I can lead at the most important position on the field. But you know what? It makes sense now because his coaches were Willie and Mario Cristobal. Mm. So now it makes a ton of sense as to why they barely won as many games as they did. But you know why Patrick Holmes... Mahomes got overlooked. It was the system where he was. Everybody yep. put up astronomical numbers, so nobody believed it. Except for Andy uh, Reid. Right. And Take, I always say it takes one. It takes one guy to know what he's looking at. That GM who said, yo, this is our guy. This, it was, that was the Deshaun Watson, yeah. Trubisky draft. This is the dude we're going to get this to. Yeah. Well, and it worked out for him, but, I mean, there are plenty of examples where really smart guys who've gotten it right a million times got it really, really wrong. It just That's what you realize about that job. Uh you're always this close to getting fired. One really bad decision to not take a guy and take this other guy at the same position and then watch that career in three years, four years, go the opposite direction. You're done. The most fun I've ever had watching a, a clip of somebody being right, not wrong, because we have those wrong clips, is Merrill Hodge appearing and talking about Johnny Manziel. Oh, my God. He killed it. It is uncomfortable. It's thorough. How much he denigrates everything there is to do with Johnny Manziel's existence. Every aspect of it. But it's all he's, correct. It's hilarious. He's like, 
Well, I just don't see any evidence that he could play at this level. He's also a terrible human being. Uh, and you're like, well, Jesus. He's on I the mean- desk <laughs> of the old uh, cold pizza. He's on the desk. And they're like, well, you couldn't be more wrong, Merrill. He goes, guys, you can we'll wait and see. Speak all you want on he, it. but You asked me. He I'm here to tell you that kid is a piece of garbage. Jesus, Merrill. Can't play a lick. Seen high school kids better than this one. <laughs> Like, my man, this is you. Clearly, this is you going rogue, Merrill, because this network right now loves nothing more than pumping Johnny Manziel coverage out there yeah. to the masses. And here you are not getting the memo in the boardroom. No, he's like, I can't do it, guys. I'm not going to lose my credibility over this bum. I'm just not going to do it. He's probably drunk right now. 28 quarterbacks higher grade than Patrick Mahomes last 10 years. 22 Josh Allen, 20 Justin Herbert. I go back to this all the time, and I wonder, and we'll never know. We'll never know, and it will be the source of great debate for as long as we care deeply about the draft and football and the process of evaluation, and that is this. Is it much more about starting your career in a place where you have the right coach, the right program, the right staff, the right team? Because there are countless guys that go places who had all of the physical tools. They're, you know, everything that you use to measure these guys, physical and otherwise, the psychological test, the mental acuity, all of it, right? These are guys that tested through the roof, put up massive numbers in big conferences, 6'5", 240, cannon for an arm, a 49 out of 50, that all the stuff that you wanted. I almost said. Just terrible and out of the league in three years. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. And you're like, hmm, you know, maybe if he hadn't gone to the Texans, gotten the bejesus beaten out of him, he could have started and been a pretty good player. The elder car is the first name that pops up in my head when you when you play this game. It, it, all the time, right? Who was the kid from Auburn that I used to bring up all the time that I felt so bad for? Um, Cam Newton? No. <laughs> Jeez, no. Way back in the day. Uh, Jason Campbell. Yes. So, yeah. That poor bastard took a Beaten of a lifetime, and then just hop from team to team because he was always in some paid, you know, some some sort of middle ground of middle despair, of mental despair, and in trying to overcome his last ass kicking. And it's just always you're like, well, good God, you know, Spurrier spread it out uh, five wide and didn't have anybody back there to let him. It was it was crazy the amount of times that guy was put in terrible situations. I don't know, you know, it's easy like you look at Tom Brady, he gets drafted in the sixth round, and everybody says from the get go there was something about him. Maybe that's true. Or maybe it's just that he got to sit a little bit, a little bit behind Drew. He happened to have arguably the best coach in the game. They had a loaded defense; they could run the football. He wasn't asked to do a lot his first two years in the league, and they won a bunch. And he garnered some confidence. Then they got some better players around him, and by then he already believed in himself now that he could win. And it changed the course of his entire career because yeah. he was brimming with confidence instead of taking an ass beating. Right. Send him to Tampa as a fourth-round pick instead of New England as a, as a late-round right. pick. Right. What happens? Now, yeah. you might argue, well, Jeff, he ended up being the greatest quarterback of all time. I think he would have found a way. Perhaps. Perhaps. But I don't know if we know that, man. There are a lot of guys that if you put them in the wrong situation very early in their career, we never get to see what they could be. Others certainly prosper once they get out from under that umbrella. Steve Young with the Bucks, famously was obviously not, you know, was an elite, didn't do anything special, went to a place that was and became a Hall of Famer. It helped that he had two of the greatest receivers of all time, the most innovative coach of all time in Bill Walsh, a running game, the best offensive line, and a stout defense. Oh, Steve Young's magical. 
I'm not saying Steve Young sucks. He doesn't. It's just the situation matters so greatly. And whenever you watch a guy that comes out in college anymore, like if you liked him in college, you just kind of, I sure hope he goes to the right place. And some guys are tougher than others mentally too. That, that That's fair. You just hope that their offensive coordinator doesn't cry at a desk about drafting him over somebody else. <laughs> you just hope he's not in a situation like that yeah. where the first coach who is going to shepherd him to the professional level yeah. acts like a coward and, and yeah, a child yeah. Yeah. at the notion and is retained to still coach the player. Yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't great. That wasn't great. The quotes from him weren't great. Um, yeah. And and that and because I I'll counter like a lot of times I'll hear myself talking about a player disparagingly who I've ripped beforehand and then I get the result that I want they're terrible right away but I hear the voice in the back of my head going well that's, that's a little unfair he he is with the Cardinals or you know he is with well, the Texans he is, is with yeah this is why I rooted for Matthew Stafford to win the Super Bowl the situation yeah. he was in yeah and I, he was always a great player in Detroit he just was surrounded by garbage and he fought through it. Yeah. A lot of injuries that he played yeah, through, he tough. too. He's tough. I like tough guys. Yep. That did not matter. He could have called it a day for the season and said, you know what, I'll get him next year. We're going to amass four wins anyway. What's the difference? Megatron retires on me because our front office sucks. He fought through it, got a chance, yeah. and then he nailed it. When he had the one chance, he nailed it. That's that's a really cool career. Tools were always there. Physical tools were always there. He did have the mental toughness to deal with losing season after losing season and beat down physically. No running game ever. Red zone offense was awful all the time. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. And I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. I know we're not doing probables just yet, but I should mention the Rays lost at home for the first time this year. That is crazy. They were undefeated. 
14 games in a row, set the record, did all that good stuff. Um, the Rays OPS of 896 is 100 points higher than the next best team. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they spent 50 bucks on the lineup. Opponent's OPS against Tampa Bay pitching is 569. That's 60 points lower than the next closest. Uh, going into last night, did they get blanked last night? I didn't see what the final was. Yeah, they got blanked. Okay, so this hasn't changed. At 48 home runs, that left them clear of the Angels and Dodgers by five. The third-ranked team is the Braves. They're ahead of them by 13. With 14 home runs allowed, they've yielded the fewest home runs in all of baseball. So they've hit the most, given up the least. We see a trend here with the Rays. They lead Major League Baseball in runs scored, 149. Runs allowed, just 64. Batting average on the first pitch is almost 500. As a team, throw it in the dirt, Johnny. One and oh. We're not, we're not giving them anything in the zone. Team ERA going into last night was 272. Is Ronnie Paulino their hitting coach? Oh, wow. Ronnie Paulino. 500 on the first pitch. I love it. Ronnie Paulino. They lead Major League Baseball in going from first to third on a single. So now we get into the little things. They'll hit a lot of home runs. They hit for a high average. They strike teams out. Other teams don't hit the ball hard against them. All these numbers lead to that. Then you hear that they lead baseball and going from first to third on a single, which means they can really run. They go. This is why all these numbers you're citing, when the Mets had a choice about six years ago. Oh, for the GM? Two different general managers. One was the top guy for the Rays, and he wanted more money and more money to work with. Yeah. And the other candidate was Robinson Cano's player agent. <laughs> I thought, you know what, Mets, you're right to go with Robinson Cano's player agent versus whatever it is the Rays do, and they will do in perpetuity. With no money. With no money and no fan support. The Rays are perfect on tag-ups, 23 of 23. You better be. Come on. That leads the league. Well, 100% (laughs) would. Yes, yes. They've committed a grand total of eight errors. Can you imagine watching a product in which there are only eight errors through this number of games? Florida State commits that in two games. Two innings. It's not even funny because it's true. You could watch the first series of the year and go, well, that's their nation-leading seventh air in two games. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, that does not lead the league. They're two behind Kansas City, who only has... Six. Um, by the way, your uh, Mets also do not commit a lot of errors. They're on the list of teams that pick up the baseball. They set a modern era record, 1901 to present, for most games without an infield error to start a season. Also, your outfield does not commit a lot of errors. Mm. Most outfields don't commit a lot of errors. They shouldn't. You shouldn't be a major leaguer out here committing errors in the outfield. Yeah. Marte had one on opening day. I think that might be it. It's in, it's it's crazy to think of. I mean, those numbers are are nuts, though. Twenty and four, fourteen straight at home before last night, and all those numbers about OPS and 
lowest OPS, highest OPS, all the. And if you pulled the average fan and said, hey, sit down and watch a Rays game, how many of these guys do you know? Like, well, let's be honest. How many of these dudes do you know? It'd be tough. Even a diehard fan of a team that might be in a different market. Or a same division. Yeah, you would get teams in the AL East to be like, well, yeah, we're well aware. They've been kicking our ass for years. Old Mauricio over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 23 years old, been in the bigs for two years. You know what's funny about, the other thing about that, just while we're on the subject of the Rays, and obviously I'm a Pirates fan and you're a Mets fan, but we do have fondness for the Rays just because for the region, but like when I watch the Rays, like if the Pirates aren't on at the time and I'll watch the Rays, that's my fallback game. I'll always go to that. That And Kevin Cash being there helps too. I love Kevin Cash and I loved him when he was here. Uh, for those that don't know, Kevin Cash was a former player here at Florida State and a really good one. And then found a way to have a career in Major League Baseball despite not being able to hit at all. Um, but was defensively really, really good and had a cannon for an arm. But he's he's kind of a, a really likable manager when you watch their post games. He'll make crazy decisions. Now, I know it's based on analytics. I know a lot, of it, a lot and it cost him in the we remember the World Series. That's correct. Yeah, there was a moment you could have just played the gut there. Your boy was rolling. And he was like 50 pitches deep. Yeah. There was no reason to pull him. It's a toughie. It's one of those times where it's a balancing act. But for the most part, it's clearly worked out. But he'll talk about things where he'll say, yeah, I mean, I know we brought up so-and-so today. And, uh, you know, we had an opportunity to play him against a lefty. And then he'll get into the metrics and say all these things. And he's like, well, you know, I, I just had a feeling today that, so-and-so, guy you've never heard of, hitting 217 on the year with one home run and six RBIs. I just had a good feeling about him today. Saw him in batting practice, just went ahead and went with him today. I'm like, what the hell? That's insane. <laughs> he just says it. You're like, well, he did go three for four with two bombs. You're hitting all the right buttons right now. Kind of like a Merrill Hodges eye test. <laughs> I did watch some of the clip during the break. Yeah. And he's on. And he's asked by Skip Bayless after he goes on a three-minute comprehensive, oh, even-toned no. rant. Even-toned. Oh, no, he stayed calm, yeah. So you're going to go with bust, which is already kind of funny for comedic timing. Mm. He goes, if he's a first round, if he's in the first three rounds, he's going to be a bust. He's the guy that you take if you have a compensatory pick in the fifth or the sixth round. If you want to take Johnny Menzel there, go. go for, no problem. Fifth or sixth round, compensatory. First three rounds, he's gonna, yeah, he's going to be a bust. <laughs> You know, I got to tell you, I wasn't as demonstrative, but you and I were in agreement on old Johnny oh, being terrible. Absolutely. I got into an argument about it with our friend uh, Lee DeKemper down there. Joe Buck's fan was hot for Johnny Clicks, I think, more than they were for Johnny Football. He, he was like, I'm questioning Jeff Cameron's what I was. What are you doing? This kid sucks. What are we doing? I'm questioning your priorities. Do you want wins or do you want clicks? Yeah. They ended up getting both in a five year span with Jameis followed by Brady. Got a lot of both. Mostly with the Brady on the latter category. I'm uh, fascinated to see what the Jags do. That's a team that's close. If we look at the teams in the state, you think about what they were, how close they were in Kansas City a year ago. They finally got their uniforms right as long as they don't meddle with them. Just go with the black and the white. It looks great. They're kind of a fun team. We both had to confess that the butts are fun. I'm excited to see what they do. I'm not a fan, but I, I'm excited to see what they do. They're a, they're a team that's close, and they played hard in that game. They had a chance. Uh and then I, I'm, you know, listen, the Dolphins are interesting for a lot of reasons. And they're still obviously hanging their hat on Tua, which I will never understand. But you only have a window 
you know, and, and it's finite in the NFL. And this division just got harder. You could say that Aaron Rodgers can be an experiment that mirrors the Brett Favre experiment, which is, eh. but those two games against the Jets are now empirically more difficult. So you have that mix it in with the Bills. Uh, Bills, yeah. Come on, man, this it's division's a, tough. It's a tough division, really tough division. I mean, when they keep two upright, he does put up decent numbers. It's just that he's rarely upright, and when he does get hit, he's nearly decapitated. It's like, well, he he just got hit. He's gone for the next nine weeks. It's just it's. You, I understand that we're now in an era where guys that aren't prototypical can succeed. And I love that we are. See Jalen Hurts. Uh, we've now come a long way in the NFL where you don't have to run just a pro-style offense and do those things. You can, you can be a lot of things and find a way to win games. But one thing is you know, always going to be true. You, you can't be brittle. And, and you can't be sustaining big hits if you're 200 pounds, six feet tall. It, it just can't happen. I mean, you're going to break. Those dudes are huge. And I kind of feel for the guy because he is tough. He does. I mean, he battles. They could have been sued. Rolling his ass back out there after that vicious concussion and then seeing him stumble over the lot the next time it happened a short time later, I thought, man, retire. Get them to cut you a huge check, severance to avoid being sued, Take your money and call it a day, man. Go live your life. You had a great career in college. Everybody understands you were tough. You were pretty good from a talent standpoint. You just weren't big enough or strong enough for a league that is gladiatorial and, you know, you've had your head knocked off and your hip ripped off and everything else. Your ankle sucks too. You got problems all over the place. Call it a day, man. Compensatory one. <laughs> Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. I wanted to circle back to something I mentioned earlier because I didn't get to finish my uh, talking point there about Florida State's future power rankings in that article by Adam Rittenberg. Uh, <laughs> this will just put a smile on your face is why I wanted to revisit it because it reminds you of how far we've come. And uh, he's right about this. Quote, after languishing for several years during the Willie Taggart-Mike Norvell transition, <laughs> you could say the transition from Jimbo, which his last year was a nightmare, to Willie, that short period of time, which was filled with nightmares, and then Mike and his transition, nothing but nightmares until last year. There's nightmares every which way. FSU's defense took a significant step forward in 2022. The Knowles led the ACC in yards allowed finished third in points allowed, ranked in the top 20 nationally in both those categories. They returned many of their top players this season, including defensive end Jared Verse, the Albany transfer who earned first-team All-ACC honors after recording nine sacks and 17 tackles for a loss in his first season with FSU. He leads a line that should continue to ascend. Brings up Patrick Payton, back after a five-sack season, along with veteran interior lineman, Fabian Lovett, Dennis Briggs, and Malcolm Ray. Florida State added defensive tackle transfers, Braden Fisk and Daryl Jackson. Massive body at six foot five, 326 pounds, who the coaches think could make a seismic impact. Along with Peyton, sophomore Joshua Farmer should help for the next few seasons after recording six tackles for loss in 2022. Senior linebackers, Tatum Bethune, K 
Kalen DeLoach lead the linebackers after combining for 149 tackles, six sacks, 17 tackles for loss, 10 pass breakups. He notes Lundy brings more experience and production, although FSU will need to fill some gaps in 2024 and 2025 with a guy like Omar Graham others, uh, and others. Jamie Robinson will certainly be missed at safety, but FSU boasts a good group of holdovers from last year's team. So I think that's a pretty fair assessment of the, of the defense. Uh, we don't know now. Again, Farmer's going to be part of that, but he was right to at least note. I'm still waiting to see if he actually enters his name into the transfer portal or not. Um, hopeful that he doesn't. I think there's a chance that he doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't. So at this point, it's also worth noting that too, as of 2:45 today, he's still on the roster on Seminoles.com. Now they have a procedure that they follow. I think it it has to do with compliance portal and and so forth before the name comes off. But this is my unofficial guess. If they're done with a guy, they don't wait for that process and they just remove him. So I think that would indicate that there is a bit more health between the conversing sides. Well, what I will tell you, Tom, and I do know this to be the case, so I don't mind sharing this, and I don't think it does anything in terms of impacting whatever conversation they're having in a negative or positive light. This is just me talking out loud about something I know to be true. This was not a situation in which Josh Farmer was announcing on Twitter that he was going to put his potentially going to put his name in the portal born out of uh, an acrimonious relationship. This was this was not that. There are players, I said it in the first hour for those that missed it, there are players that the second you hear that their name is being entered into the portal, you go, yep, yep, that they were done with each other. The coaching staff was done with him, and he was done with them, and this isn't going to get rectified. He is gone. And then there are guys that you are truly surprised to hear, and then there's some that are kind of in between. Like, I never really knew there was a problem. I wonder what's going to come out. After this is over, what was the deal there? Was it academics? Was he homesick? Was it a problem? You know, you don't really know. But this was not an acrimonious situation. This this, this was something different, and uh, it's why, again, yesterday we said, eh, this isn't over. Hang in there on this one, guys. We, we, we want to let this play out before you assume anything. Not saying he's not going to go. Not saying he's not going to, you know, end up doing what we don't want him to do, but I am saying it's not over yet, so hang in there. And I continue to do that because I, they are better. They are 100% uh, much better with him than without him. So you can you can hope like hell that tonight we still hear nothing, and then tomorrow when we're doing the show and we're talking about the NFL draft and all the other fun stuff for tomorrow, we're going, hey, still not in the portal. Don't you think it stands to reason to me the longer this goes on, the more likely it is that he stays? I mean, it seems like if we get yeah. 48 hours beyond the announcement at that point, you'd say, I'm feeling pretty good. Well, that means that whatever decision is made is going to be made with as level of a head as possible. And say the quiet part out loud. If somebody came to Josh Farmer with an absurd offer that you couldn't possibly give to him because it resets the market within your own structure, then you have to let him go. But here's the other quiet part. If he already had that offer and it was firm and validated, I think he'd be in the portal by now and taking that offer. If it was worlds better, you know, if you could triple, quadruple your NIL income at a different institution, you wouldn't wait and see for a day or two. You'd just go, I think. Well, you'd certainly present it to uh, those that you're already in business with and say, hey, I have this opportunity. Of course, but I think, We've already implied that this is 
this is one of the whispers that's been around for a little while with with Farmer. So when he tweets it, I feel like they've already had preliminary discussions. It's not a surprise to the staff or the collective where they go, "Oh my God, wait a minute, what? Get him on the phone now." You know, I think there were there were discussions that preceded that that social media post. Yeah, I I just think it's a nuanced discussion with him as opposed to some other guys. Sometimes, yeah. like let's say there's another guy that comes down the pike here soon, and 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 he says, "I'm leaving." And and maybe we know that that is something where they have they have a knockout offer and it is all about money. Well, I'll, I'll say that when the time is right, but I don't feel like that's what this is. So this is just one of those yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. agreeing with you. I'm approaching yeah. it from the other side. No, if no, it was, no, I get it. I get, yeah, and, yeah, and right. if he got a knockout offer, he would yeah. be gone. You mm-hmm. wouldn't. This wouldn't be like a, a little song and dance about is he in the portal yet or is he off the roster on the website or yet? It would already be done. Yep. Every hour that goes by, buddy, hang in there. Come on, Josh. I know you loved our conversation, buddy. It was only the last 30 seconds that I asked about the teeth. That sent him into the portal if he makes it there. Uh, he would have gone to the portal long before now. That interview was over a week ago. He's good to go. Power Mill Training Academy equips, motivates athletes focused on baseball and softball, and they help provide the tools for those that do those particular sports, softball or baseball, to reach their true potential and have fun playing the game. You know, not everybody wants to be a pro baseball player or Olympic softball players, some do, and they can help those players as well as all those that are like your little kids. That's just going to be pretty good little leaguers. Nothing more, nothing more. Pretty good little leaguers, but they want to have the tools to succeed. Power Mill will help provide that. They've got camps, softball, baseball, a lot of opportunities to teach your young guy or gal how to play the game they love. I'm waiting to be a guest instructor at Power Mill for how to get hit by pitches and get on base that way. I'm waiting for the call, guys. I know how to do it. Will that flashback do damage to your psyche? Have ramifications beyond that day in which you're teaching? Okay, kids, here's what you need to do. do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Cue it up, baby. Let's go. Let's do these probables. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. A lot of day baseball games. Rangers Reds are going on right now. It's 3-2 Cincinnati. By the way, the Rangers bullpen is nightmarish. That was John Gray, Graham Ashcroft. We got Boston, Baltimore. Baltimore leads that game in the 6-4-2. Tanner Houck and Tyler Wells. Toronto 4 to nothing over the White Sox in the sixth inning. Michael Kopech and Yusikaguchi. 3-1, Cleveland leads Colorado. The Rockies through Herman Marquez. Tanner Bibby goes for the Guardians. I like that name. The Yankees are killing the Twins. Right after losing the season series, they're up 11-3. That came in the sixth. Domingo Herman and Kintameda, your starters there. Detroit trails Milwaukee 5-2 in the fourth. That's Michael Lorenzen and Freddie Peralta. Tonight, Royals, D-backs, Ryan Yarbrough, Zach Gallen, Dodgers, Pirates. My Buckos were up 7-2 last night over the Dodgers and lost 8-7. Oh, to seven. no. Pissed me off. Tony Gonsolin goes for the Dodgers. Rolancy Contreras goes for the Pirates. He's been really good. Hey, what about the extension for Reynolds? Though? I know. Good it's for a, you. I just can't talk about these things. It's, there's a lot of weird things going on here. The first $100 million contract in 30 years given out by the Pirates. We didn't give Kutch. No. Kevin Brown was the last one that exceeded for the terms of the contract Jeez. $100 million. Jeez. Astros raise Hunter Brown, Calvin uh, Falker. That's his name. That's his name. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, may, they, he may say Foucher. Mariners, Phillies, Logan Gilbert, Tawan Walker, Nationals, Mets, Mackenzie Gore, and uh, your guy Singa. 
Hodiah Senga. Yeah, you love him. He's on the hill tonight. Senga-san. Marlins Braves, Sandy Alcantara and Bryce Elder. We've got uh, Alcantara is what they say, but I say Alcantara. It's more way fun. better. Way better. That's way better. Yeah. Padres, Cubs, Michael Waka, Drew Smiley, A's, Angels, Luis Medina, Patrick Sandoval, and finally, Cards, Giants, Stephen Matz and Anthony DiScalfini. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. I could not do that, P. Simpson, but I can do it off the air. That sounds like a great bit. We just call Ingram on the spot, battles in, say, so what do you think? A lot of people's in, a lot of people involved in all that, so I'm not going to do that to him. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we're, we're good to go here. I feel, I feel good about things. I, again, woke up this morning. First thing I did was check and see, did he actually submit his name in the portal? When he didn't, I went, oh, feeling pretty good here. Sent out a few texts to get further confirmation in hopes that I was right about that. And I was not uh, I was not dissatisfied with the answers to those texts. So I was I was pretty pleased. Nothing changed on my way into the office either. The primary concern is 2023. I understand this. This is a roster that is built to win this year and, and maybe take some lumps the following year. Or not. It could exceed expectations. We're not taking any damn lumps the next year. No lumps. But I have a secondary concern tied to the farmer situation, which mm-hmm. is don't back down, Battle's End, if this is what it's coming down to. Don't back down. Because if you allow a backup defensive tackle or a rotational, let's just be kind, a rotational defensive tackle who's a good player to help reset the market, then, I mean, we're screwed. Yeah, but I, I think they know that. I, I, you they know. know. Yeah, they know. They, I just, they, But yeah. that's a concern of mine. You know, I just hope that there isn't a release in a, in a day or two that says we've reached new terms. Like, don't. Well, yeah, and even if it was something that they had to do, which I don't know, and that I don't know, guys. But even if it was, I don't think that's how they would phrase it. You're right. That's a bad look publicly. You just can't be resetting your own word well, and your own rules. Well, uh, incessantly, you know. I mean, like, you get guys every day. I mean, this is true all over the country with these situations with collectives. Players come in, they get this, and they, you know, six months later, I'd like more. I'm sure you would. They know that, but then you actually get to the decision point. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. don't do it. Yeah. Damn you. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.